0: Yes, and as you just heard, the St. Louis Blues are off to the Stanley Cup Finals for the first time since 1970. Hi, I'm Thomas Fessio, and alongside me is Andrew Flager, as always, and this is the N10 Puck Talk Podcast. This is episode number 14, and it is being recorded on Saturday, May 25th, 2019. We have a lot to talk about this episode, so uh, buckle up. Uh, We're going to start off with some hockey news, obviously, and then recap the Western Conference Finals between the San Jose Sharks and the St. Louis Blues, and then do a Stanley Cup preview on the Blues versus the Boston Bruins. And then obviously after that, we will finish off with the Battle of the Buds, which is very, very tight right now. Um, So we'll start with some hockey news. Uh, Flagger, do you wanna mention the first news we have for today?
1: Yeah, let's get right to it. DJ Smith has been hired as the new head coach of the Ottawa Senators. He coached in the OHL from 2005 to 2015, uh, he was originally the Spit, with the Windsor Spitfires as an assistant coach for six seasons. And then he went to Oshawa as head coach for three seasons. When he was in Oshawa, he made playoffs every single year as their head coach. And uh, he also ended up winning a, um, a Memorial Cup with them in the 2014-2015 season. Uh, and now he, he's been coaching with Babcock behind the, the bench of the Toronto Maple Leafs since the 2015-2016 season. Uh, so he... He has some success. Uh, Thomas, do you think he's a, a good fit or a bad fit for the, the Ottawa Senators?
0: I was actually really shocked to see uh, the notification I got on my phone when he was hired. I uh, just came off a shift from work, and I saw that, and I was like, oh, wow, Like they interviewed a lot of good coaching candidates for the Ottawa Senators, and they decided to choose DJ Smith. Was I think he's an okay fit for the team. I don't think he's going to be there be their full-time head coach for a long time. I can see him there maybe for two or three seasons. Then when they get start to get good and uh, bring in some more good talent, I think they're going to go with a veteran coach, a coach who's been in the league for a longer, longer time than DJ Smith. Uh, as of right now, I think he would be kind of the bridge for the Ottawa Senators coaching staff. Um, yeah, I don't see him there for a long time, just because I think that he's going to be very new to this situation as a head coach in the National Hockey League. And for one, the Ottawa Senators aren't going to be good. Uh, I'd be shocked if they made the playoffs next year, which I don't think is going to happen. So um, in a rebuilding process, I think DJ Smith will be okay for the Ottawa Senators. He's going to teach some of the younger guys um, uh, defensive-minded tactics. So uh, right now, I think the Ottawa Senators are just in that state where the Leafs were a couple years ago. Um, Mike Babcock did a great job with it and I think he's learned a lot from Mike Babcock in his years as the Maple Leafs assistant coached him. So, uh, yeah, I think it's an okay fit for the Ottawa Senators. Uh, what do you think?
1: I, I really think it is a good fit for them. Uh, he's proven that he had success uh, in the OHL. He won a Memorial Cup there in his last season with the oshawa Generals. Uh, he's been behind Babcock, who's who would be a great mentor uh, as a for um, a coaching position. Um, and now... He's playing. I mean, he's coaching for the Ottawa Senators, who are also in the same division as the Toronto Maple Leafs, who uh, he was previously coaching for. So he he's seen a lot of the teams that um, the Senators are going to be playing against regularly in uh, their regular season. And I think yeah, I think like Bob Mike Babcock would be a a very good mentor for him. And I think he he's probably well prepared for this for this coaching job. So I think. I think he's going to be a good fit there. I I agree that he might not be there for the longest time, but it is he has a chance to prove himself. So it's a good mm-hmm. good gig for him. Um, we'll see what he could do with the Sens next year. I don't think they'll be a great team, but <laughs> no. <laughs> hopefully they'll be better than this <laughs> year, or last season. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hopefully they're better than last season because that was abysmal. Uh, moving on to some other news. Uh, the Maple Leafs after this um hire from the Ottawa Senators, DJ Smith there. Uh, The Leafs have hired Paul McFarland as an assistant coach for their bench. Uh, McFarland was in charge of the Panthers' power play last season, which finished second in the NHL. And then other news uh, to follow up with Paul McFarland's hiring for the Leafs. Jim Hiller, one of their assistant coach, uh, he was the offensive coach for the Leafs and has been given permission to speak with other teams by the Maple Leafs, which means that the Leafs will now be in search of a new defensive coach on their bench because DJ Smith was their defensive coach. Now he's moved on. And Paul McFarland moves into the offensive coach uh, category for the Maple Leafs bench. And I think this is a good hiring because, obviously, look, you're looking at the Panthers' power play. It was lethal last year uh, with guys like Alexander Barkov, Mike Hoffman, uh, Keith Yandel running it. Uh, the Maple Leafs' um, power play wasn't that good at the end of the season last year. Uh, actually became a dust in the middle of November and it became very obvious to read for the penalty killers of the opposition. Uh, I think that it's going to be better this year because I I strongly believe that William Nylander will be a better player this year and probably be on the first unit for them. And I think Paul McFarland's going to do a good job of shaping out their power play and uh, changing it up consistently uh, unlike uh, Jim Miller this year. So uh, hopefully it's good. Uh, what do you think about this?
1: I, I think you nailed it. Um, I think McFarland is going to be a great fit there. He's gonna have a lot of tools to work with on Leafs power play and uh, with the Leafs offense. Uh, you have guys like Mitch Marner, John Tavares, Austin Matthews. The list just goes on. Um, he, I think, he'll he'll find success with that Maple Leafs power play and their offense. So I think,
0: I think it's a great move. Yeah, and then um, we have some other former. We have a former Maple Leaf who's been in some trade rumors. It's Phil Kessel, and that's very surprising because Phil Kessel had a point per game this season Had 82 points, in 82 games this year, but was a minus 19. Uh, do you wanna read that quote that we had from uh, Bob McKenzie of TSN Flager? Yeah, Bob McKenzie of TSN reported that he's getting traded.
1: Uh, he's referring to Phil Kessel getting traded. It's just a matter of where and when I would think. Uh, Bob McKenzie is a legit sports analyst. Uh, I trust a lot of the things he says. And yeah. <laughs> if Bob McKenzie says it's probably gonna happen, then it's probably going to happen. So we could be expecting Phil Kessel getting moved pretty soon. Phil Kessel recorded 82 points in 82 games last season, but he was a, a minus 19. So that's not a great stab, but he's still an amazing player. Yeah. Lethal shot and a speedy guy on the wing. So
0: Well, he's he's obviously never been a defensive-minded player and minus 19 is not shocking, uh, but he was a minus 34 on the Leafs a couple of years ago in his last season. Um, And there's been rumors that the team already involved in the trade is the Minnesota Wild. And there's been rumors online that the return is Victor Rask and Jason Zucker, a pick, and a prospect of the Minnesota Wild. Uh, We will not know until the trade is confirmed and done. Um, I would assume this trade gets done before the draft. Um, But this is actually pretty surprising because Phil Kessel... You look at 82 points in 82 games and you say, why are they trading Phil Kessel? Like, how is that the problem? He's a point per game. Well, I'll tell you why. Phil Kessel's making $6.8 million per season or something like that. And that's pretty good for a player that gets point per game in the NHL. And to trade a guy like that is going to free up some cap space on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, They're very, very up to the cap in that category. And it's, they're also looking to move uh, either one of Eric Branson or Jack Johnson in this trade. So trading Phil Kessel to the Minnesota Wild, uh, reportedly, would be very good for the Minnesota Wild. They need offensive players. They need a guy who can put up points per game. And Phil Kessel d- does that all the time. So, uh, yeah, Phil Kessel's back in the trade rumors. Uh, he was traded from the Maple Leafs to the Pittsburgh Penguins and from the Boston Bruins to the Maple Leafs. So... Uh, this is very sad to see because Phil Kessel's been traded a lot in his career, but um, the Pittsburgh Penguins need to do what they can do. So, yeah,
1: I think if he does end up going to Minnesota, that is a good good fit for um, for Kessel in the Minnesota Wild lineup because, like you kind of mentioned already, uh, they kind of lack a superstar in their offense, so he could fit fit um, a superstar role in their franchise. So, could be a good move for both teams. Mm-hmm. But more to come on that. Other news, Slava Vojanova's suspension has been upheld by the NHL and the NHLPA. Voynov must serve a one-year suspension. He is credited to serve 41 games, which means he's eligible to play af- again after serving his 41-game suspension. Uh, Voynov will be 30 years of age when he returns to playing hockey in the National Hockey League. He spent the last three seasons playing for St. Petersburg, SKA of the KHL.
0: Yeah, there's not much to say uh about this. Slav Voinov was a great defenseman in the National Hockey League. Uh he's uh I think he's a two-time Stanley Cup champion with the Kings, I believe. Uh I I definitely know he won the cup in 2014 with them or no. I think he
1: yeah, 20 2014 he was with them and 20
0: yeah, 2012.
1: 12,
0: yeah. Yeah, so he's a two-time Stanley Cup champion. He is. Uh, yeah,
1: he's a two two-time Stanley Cup champion.
0: Before we actually started recording, I read a bit more on Slava Um He actually was uh, his contract was terminated by the Kings back in 2014, I presume, for domestic violence that happened in Russia. Um, he had to go back to court in Russia, left the LA Kings organization, and they terminated his contract and said they will he will no longer play for them. Um, so when slav Voinov does become a free agent. Uh, this year, obviously, uh, he's not going to go back to the Kings. Uh, I don't I don't see it happening, and I don't see uh, their word changing. Um, I don't know where he's going to go, but wherever he goes, they got to keep caution on this kind of player. He's 30 years of age. If he demands a lot of money, that's not good. Um, but hopefully he turns back to be a good defenseman as he was when he left. So uh, that's pretty much it on Slav Boinov.
1: I do want to mention uh, some of his stats when he was playing with St. Petersburg in the KHL on uh, the 2016-2017 season, he uh, played 41 or 48 games for Saint Petersburg. He had 11 goals, 26 assists and 37 points as a defenseman. Uh he had 18 penalty minutes and he was a plus 24, which is impressive. And last season, 2017-2018 season, he uh, he had 39 games played, 9 goals, 14 assists 23 points and he was a plus 4 with 18 penalty minutes, so it doesn't look like his uh his point production hasn't decreased really. He still seems like the the great defend defenseman as he was when he uh, left LA Kings to go with the KHL. Uh, so hopefully he will uh, come back to the NHL and tear it up like he he was with the Kings. So
0: we have some signings here. Uh, do you want to name them off, or do you want me to?
1: You go ahead.
0: All right. <laughs> Just because of the names, right? The tongue twister. I'm gonna for you. butcher them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, Laurent signs a one year extension. Worth 1.2 million per with the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, he was the backup to Connor Hellebuck this year. Um, the Oilers have signed for agent forward uh, Joachim Nygaard to a one year entry level contract. Uh, he played for the Fargestad BK of the Swedish Hockey League last year. Uh, Flagger, you want to read some stats you have on him?
1: Yeah. Um... In the 2018-2019 season, so this this past season, he played fifty two games. He had twenty one goals and fourteen assists and thirty five points. Uh, he was a plus fifteen. In uh, the year before that, he had twenty eight or thirty four points uh, in fifty two games, seventeen goals, seventeen assists. So he he's shown consistency uh, in his stats. I don't really know too much about him, but I guess the Oilers just kinda need to find someone to turn yeah. their franchise or help turn their franchise around. So maybe that's why they're doing this. He's twenty six years old, so he's not he's not a young player. Um and he's not really uh like an up and coming yeah. prospect at all. Like he's kind of established himself as a professional hockey player. Uh but there's nothing special about him, I don't think. Uh we'll see. We'll see how he does yeah. with the Oilers next season.
0: Yeah, the Oilers are just kind of looking for bodies right now to score goals, uh, more goals than Tobias Reeder. So I think if Joaquin Nygaard can plot one goal in, I think that's better than Rieder. Um Canadians News, Montreal Canadians News, uh, they extended their defenseman Brett Kulak to a three-year extension worth around $1.8 million per. Uh, Brett Kulak spent 57 games with the Canadians. He had six goals, 11 assists, 17 points. 31 penalty minutes and a plus 12 this year. Uh, Brett Kulak was previously on the Calgary Flames farm system and for the Calgary Flames in some games, uh, I think back in 2016-17 season. Yeah, he did. Yeah.
1: I think he had rookie status though because I think he only played like one or two games uh, with the Flames in the NHL.
0: Okay. And yes, and then he got traded from the Flames to the Montreal Canadiens in his new home. So he is granted with a three-year contract extension. Worth around 1.8 million per, as I just stated. So uh, good for Brett Kulak and good for all the signings here we just mentioned. So, Are you looking to sign up with the online sports book for the first time or just looking to place bets through an online sports book? The breakdown has you covered. Check out mybookie.ag and use our code BRKDWN. Again, BRKDWN. And you will get a 50% off bonus on your deposit up to $100. That means if you deposit one hundred dollars using our code, you get fifty dollars free. Again, use our co- code B R K D W N on my bookie now.
1: Anyways, that's it for hockey news. There's a lot of hockey news. Let's move on to. Uh, I guess let's go to the Western Conference Final recap. Yep. Um, Thomas, you want to read read the games that we haven't covered yet?
0: Yeah. So we already covered Game One, Two, and Three. Uh, I'll be covering uh, the. Past three games, that just happened for the Western Conference Finals a couple days ago. Uh, game four, the Blues win 2-1. Ivan Barbashev and Tyler Bozak score for the Blues. Hurdle scores the 10th goal of the playoffs on the power play as well. Uh, the next game, game five, uh, in San Jose, the Blues win 5-0. It was a horrible effort by the San Jose Sharks uh, all through their line- lineup. And it was a dominant effort for the Blues all around their lineup. Uh, the Blues outshot the Sharks 40-21. to in this game. Jaden Schwartz Schwartz, scored a hat-trick. He scored his 10th, 11th, 12th of the playoffs, and thus scoring those three goals, he passed his whole total from the regular season. Um, I owned Jaden Schwartz in fantasy for the beginning months of the season, and I dropped him in the beginning of the months of the season because he wasn't scoring, and now he's proved that uh, this playoff has given him probably hope uh, for drafting in fantasy next year by me. So... Uh, moving on to Game Six, the Blues dominated again, but this had to do with the fact that Eric Carlson, Thomas hurtle and Joe Pavelski missed uh, Game Six due to injuries. So the Blues ended up winning 5-1 in this game, and this game made them go to the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, Perron, Tarasenko, Shen, Bozak, Barbashev get the goals for the Blues, and yes, as I mentioned in the intro, they are off to their first Finals appearance since 1970. And it's irony because they versed the Boston Bruins in their finals in the 1970,
1: so. Yeah, I don't really have much to say about this series. I think the scores basically speak for themselves. Uh, The Sharks kinda, they were putting up a fight in the first three games in the series. Um, But then, obviously the last two games, they just did not show up at all. And they were beat up in that sixth game. Um, And I bet you, even the guys that were playing in that game six, for the San Jose Sharks were probably feeling nice and yeah. bruised and beat up, and they probably weren't uh, like all with it. Um, but the Blues, obviously, they're the better team in this series. Uh, congrats to them and heading on to the Stanley Cup final.
0: Yeah, and before we uh, preview the Stanley Cup final matchup, um, we've been following Joe Thornton throughout this whole podcast, and uh, it sucks to see him uh, out again in the playoffs. I don't know when he's gonna get his cup. Uh, how about you, Flagger? Like, when, when is he gonna get a shot? Cause I, is, like, he, like, how
1: old is he? Isn't he like fifty years old? Like,
0: <laughs> with that beard, I don't know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Man, I don't know. Like, I think this was his chance. I think this is the closest he'll ever come. To be honest, to be real, as much as I want to see him win a Stanley Cup, I don't think he's really gonna have a chance like this ever again,
0: unless he goes to free agency and signs with. Um, the Tampa Bay Lightning were probably going to be favored next year, or he goes somewhere else where he has a chance to win. Um, It absolutely sucks to see Joe Thorne again out and not with that cup. Even his teammate, Patrick Marleau, it sucks to see him not getting a cup because both deserve them. Uh, They're both former captains of the San Jose sharks, Um, but we'll get back on track into the Stanley cup finals. But we just want to say that Joe Thorne's out again and, Probably not gonna win a Stanley Cup um, ever again. His Have the shot. So. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, I do want to mention one thing before we move on. I don't know if you've heard about the Layla Anderson um, story. She's a like a St. Louis Blues super fan. She's battling a rare disease called HHLH. I don't know exactly what um, what the disease is, disease is, but I know that it's a systematic Yeah. A, her, sorry, yeah. A system systemic inflammatory syndrome mm-hmm. um and she i know she hasn't uh like really left the house in like the past yeah. year or something yeah. like that and uh, she actually attended game three of the western conference final between the blues and sharks and i saw that she also got to interview uh i, I think think i don't remember who it was it might have been ryan o'reilly i don't remember exactly who it was she got to interview one of the Louis blues players uh, and he said that they're playing for her now. Like, it's not even about playing for uh, their team. They want to win the Cup for her. Uh, so there's a good story there.
0: Yeah. And we're going to mention some good storylines after we preview the finals, which we're going to get to now. The Bruins versus the Blues. Um, the Boston Bruins' last appearance in their Stanley Cup final was 2011 against the Vancouver Canucks. They ended up winning 4 nothing in Game 7 of that one. And the Blues, as we mentioned, the last appearance in the Stanley Cup Finals was the 1970, 1970, and it was against the Boston Bruins. So, the Bruins swept that series against the Blues to win the Cup. Uh, That year, of course, the famous Bobby Orr moment happened, and it came from that series when he scored the overtime winner to win the Stanley Cup for the Boston Bruins. And, yeah, this is uh, one of the most iconic sports moments, sport history moments, not even hockey, like... In, uh, in sports in general, uh, that's very iconic. The jump, the fall, uh, whatever you want to say about like, everything the goal. about it was yeah. just
1: amazing. Yeah.
0: And I'm, I think that goal was at home in, I don't know what the arena was called. It at that
1: was. Time. I, I'm pretty sure the uh, Bruins home arenas have always been called the garden. I, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I, I know that so. they yeah, have yeah. a new arena now, obviously, but yeah. I'm pretty sure at the time it was still technically the garden, just not the current garden, TD garden that the yeah. Bruins play in. Yeah, that, that goal is iconic. That series is iconic and Ruins swept San Jose in that series, so
0: Yeah, hopefully we don't Man. see that again. I don't want to see another sweep for a long time. I want to see seven games. Uh we haven't got seven games in a long time in the final. And I think the last seven games was the Boston Ruins versus the Vancouver Canucks. So hopefully we see yeah. right? Eleven. Yeah. Twenty eleven. Twenty eleven. Yeah, I don't want to see another sweep, so uh Hopefully the Blues put up a fight against the Boston Bruins and hoping the Boston Bruins put up a fight against the Blues. So um, we mentioned point scores last episode for the Boston Bruins uh, because they were headed to the Stanley Cup final. Now we're going to mention the Blues' top scores. Uh, Flagger, do you want to mention those? Yeah, Jaden Schwartz in 19
1: games played in the playoffs. He has 12 goals. He's leading his team in goals. Four assists and 16 points. He's uh, also leading his team in points. And he has uh, two power play points. Ryan O'Reilly is also one of their leading scorers. He has 19 games played, three goals and 11 assists, 14 points and four power play points. And then Vladimir Tarasenko has 19 games played, eight goals, five assists, 13 points and seven power play points. Uh, He's leading his team in power play points. And then we'll just update you on the top Ruin scores. Brad Marchand has 17 games played, seven goals, 11 assists. Eight of his assists, by the way, sure. came on the power play. I'm pretty sure he has nine or ten power play points, uh, which is – that's a, that's amazing. Uh, he has 18 points in those 17 games played, and he's also a plus six. He also has 10 penalty minutes, and uh, Marchand is second in the league in playoff points right now, and he's tied for most assists on the Bruins. And he's also tied for second most playoff yeah. assists in the league
0: right now. He's pretty good. Uh, David
1: Yeah, no, he's been unreal in the playoffs. David Pasternak, (laughs) his linemate, has also been tearing it up in the playoffs. He has 15 points, 7 goals, 8 assists, and 17 games played. And he's a plus 7. And then David Krejci is also one of their leading point getters. In 17 games played. He has 4 goals, 10 assists, 14 points, and he's a plus 2. And then originally I wasn't going to include Bergeron in this, but you, you have can. to. Yeah, you can't. 17 games played, 8 goals. He's leading his team in most playoff goals, and 6 of those goals have come on the power play. I'm assuming most of those goals were assisted from
0: Brad Marchand. Probably, yeah.
1: Um, and he also has 5 assists and 13 points in 17 games played. Uh, he's a plus 8 right now, which is a big stat. And uh, something that's surprising for Patrice Bergeron, which we don't usually see, is he's been getting a lot of penalty minutes this this playoffs. He has 12 penalty minutes in 17 games. Which is kind of rare for him, um. But there you, you have it, top top yep. scores in in this series. Uh, there's obviously a lot of firepower up front for both yep. teams.
0: Mhm. Uh,
1: yeah. So let's and,
0: let's move on. Sorry. No, I just wanted to mention. Uh, uh people listening probably surprised that David is in the top three. They're like, "Who's this David Krejci guy?" Well, David Krejci has been part of this core since the beginning. Uh, he's one of the most underrated uh, performers in the league for the past couple years Um, he's always been one a one b to Patrice Bergeron on line two Uh, David Krejci in 2013 playoffs where they made the finals they lost to the Blackhawks Uh, he tore up that playoff I think he had I think he had 20 points or something in that one it's pretty crazy and Krejci's been dealing with a lot of injuries throughout his career and to see him in the top three scoring ahead of Patrice Bergeron in this playoffs, it's unbelievable. Um, I wouldn't say I would like to see him get another cup, but David Krejci is literally like one of the most underrated players in the NHL. Nobody talks about him because of Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, and now David Pasternak in the National Hockey League. So just want to say that.
1: Yeah, and he's playing on the the second line, second line center with uh, Jake DeBrusk and David Backus. Uh, and you're right. He is one of the core Bruins players. He's been with the Bruins since uh, their last Cup win, and I I'm pretty sure he only has one Cup win, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, he he's been with the Bruins forever, it seems like, and he is one of the core players, like you mentioned.
0: Yeah, and we'll move on to the Con Smythe Award winner uh, battle. Uh, do you want to mention this, or do you want me to read it out? It doesn't matter. Go for it. All right. Well. Obviously, there's no surprise that the goalies for the Boston Bruins, Tuka Rask, uh, (coughs) former Maple Leaf, um, but he actually didn't don the jersey the Maple Leaf. He was traded um, for Andrew Raycroft. What a great trade in in franchise history. amazing. I remember
1: when Raycroft let in a goal from the opposing team's end. Remember that? I'm pretty sure it was off face-off, and a defenseman shot it, (laughs) faced the puck, and the puck bounced right over Raycroft's shoulder. And that also happened to, um,
0: what's his name? Vesitoskalo.
1: Yes, Vesitoskalo. <laughs> Two great goaltenders for the Maple yep. Leafs. Um. Anyways, go back. Let's get back <laughs> on here. Continue what you were saying.
0: Yeah, so unbelievable trade for the Maple Leafs. Uh, The Boston Bruins ended up winning this trade in the end. Uh, Tukrask is a Stanley Cup champion, but he was the backup for the Bruins 2011 when they won. But that's enough for that. We'll talk about what's happening now in the 2019 playoffs. Uh, Tukrask has been unbelievable. 12-5 record in the playoffs, 1.84 goals against average and 2 242 two, sorry 942 save percentage as well as two shutouts this playoff run. Uh, he's been dealing with injury for the whole season and to see him putting up these numbers for the Bruins makes him a top candidate for the Conn Smythe Award winner above Marchand, Pasternak, Bergeron, Krejci. And then on the other end, Jaden Schwartz, um, having a better playoff than his whole season. His 12 goals forced his 16 points, two power play points, as well as two game winning goals, along with two hat tricks this Stanley Cup playoffs one against the Winnipeg Jets, one against the um, San Jose Sharks. Also, a fun stat to read about Jane Schwartz. He's one goal away from tying Brett Hole's record for most goals in a postseason by a Blues player. That's um, unbelievable. And nobody would probably have guessed Jane Schwartz would be close to this number. Just because of the season he had, uh, people would probably lay their money on Tarasenko or Riley or Braden Shen. But Jaden Schwartz has been unbelievable for the St. Louis Blues this playoff. Uh, hopefully he's good in next regular season. And hopefully the Blues can win the cup this time. Uh, Jaden Schwartz really deserves it. I think a uh, sad moment for him in his life. I think his um, sister passed away a couple years ago. Uh, and to see him lift the cup above his head for his sister would be very, very cool for Jaden Schwartz.
1: There's also a little bit of a defensive battle in this series. Uh, Two players of similar playing styles, Ryan O'Reilly and Patrice Bergeron. Uh, They're both nominated for the Selkie Trophy this year, and they are defensive juggernauts for their respective teams. Um, Although Ryan O'Reilly right now is a minus three and Bergeron's a plus eight, they're both amazing at either end of the ice, and they do have similar defensive stats. Ryan O'Reilly has... 229 faceoffs. One uh, Bergeron has 217 faceoffs. One Bergeron has 14 takeaways, and Ryan O'Reilly has 10 takeaways. O'Reilly has an average time on ice of 21 minutes and 26 seconds per night, and Bergeron has 19 minutes and 10 seconds average time on ice per night. Bergeron has 12 blocks, and Ryan O'Reilly has 10. Um, these are two just amazing players similar playing styles, we're going to get to see them score off head-to-head in the Stanley Cup Final. Uh, Thomas, what are your thoughts on this?
0: Yeah, uh, for both of (laughs) them to be nominated for the Silky and playing each other in the Stanley Cup Finals is just poetic. Um, Ryan O'Reilly has, he's also been kind of underrated in the National Hockey League for years. Uh, Nobody notices his defensive playing style and his uh, sportsmanlike to the league. Um, Ryan O'Reilly has definitely bought the Brought the Blues forward group together. Uh, they were not together, I think, a year ago. And in the offseason, I think, yeah, right on July 1st, Ryan O'Reilly was acquired by the St. Louis Blues for, I don't know, I can't remember right now, right off the top of my head. But Ryan O'Reilly's made a significant impact impact to the St. Louis Blues roster. He led their team in points, I believe, with 77 and 82. I'm just going off my head right now. Yeah, 77 and 82. Uh like I said, made a made a significant impact, and Patrice Bergeron on the other side is like, what's there to say about Patrice Bergeron now? I mean, everyone knows he's the, probably the best set defensive centerman of all time. Uh, they really, re- really, really, really need to rename that trophy, the Selkie Trophy, to the Bergeron Trophy when uh, Patrice Bergeron retires from the National Hockey League. Uh, it's gonna be def. It's gonna be a great matchup to see in the Stanley Cup Final between O'Reilly and Bergeron regarded as the two best um, defensive forwards in the National Hockey League, obviously with the nomination to do that, and to see them square off is unbelievable. So we'll see a lot of them, and hopefully it goes to seven because we'll see even more of them. Um,
1: yeah, I'm mean, going to add on to what you're saying. He was traded from the Sabres to the St. Louis Blues um, for Tage Thompson, Patrick Berglund, Vladimir svodka a round one pick in the 2019 draft and round two pick in the 2021 draft. So, man, like, the St. Louis Blues gave up a lot for Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, but, I mean, they are getting an amazing defensive player out of him. And, obviously, they're in the Stanley Cup Finals with him right now. Yeah. So, paid off. <laughs> uh, And you were right about his points. He had 77 points in 82 games played this season. Yeah. So, so. not only are you getting a defensive player out of Ryan O'Reilly, but he's also going to put up points for you.
0: Yeah, and he's their best offensive player this year, too. Like, that's crazy to think he's the best defensive player for their team and their – well, besides the defense, the de- best defensive forward and their best offensive forward is unbelievable. And uh, But
1: I believe he's playing on the second line with David Perron and I don't remember who else. Sammy – Sammy – Sammy Blay. Sammy Blay, Sal- yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure he's playing on the second line right now.
0: Because but... I think – what what's the first line? Shen, Tarasenko, Schwartz? Yeah. Is that what you're seeing?
1: Yep. that's Yeah, I'm on Daily Face up right now, and I see that.
0: Yeah, well, whatever line matching happens in the Stanley Cup final, uh, I want to see a couple shifts between Bergeron and O'Reilly. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, I, could one- see, sorry, I, yeah, I, I could see – sorry, I just want to say
1: something. I could see St. Louis Blues putting up the O'Reilly line, the second line, up against the Bergeron line, I think, because they are, they're more of a defensive uh, – Minded line, I guess you could say. Um, and if you want to get a mismatch for the Shen line, you got Shen, Teresanko, and Schwartz out there against the Bruins second line, mm-hmm. who's uh, Krejci, Backus, and Brusk. That's a that's a big uh, yeah, the speed upper hand kill them, right? advantage there. Like yeah, you could destroy that Bruins second line if uh, that's what the, the Blues coaching is uh, gonna decide to do. Yeah, but we'll we'll see what happens. Anything can happen in the playoffs, Stanley Cup uh,
0: Finals. And we're going to go to another uh, segment of Tale of the Tape. Uh, we've been doing this for, I think, every preview, but we're going to go in depth because this is the Stanley Cup Final. Uh, besides re- reading their regular season uh, totals, uh, their wins and losses, we're going to be going into power play percentage, penalty kill, whatever you name you name it. Uh, first, we'll start off with their head-to-head record in the 2018-2019 season. Flager, you mentioned it.
1: Uh, The Bruins are 1-0-1, and the Blues are 0-1-1. January 19th, the Bruins won 5-2. February 23rd, the Blues won 2-1 in shootout. Uh, And that's all. Only two games. (laughs) Two games. So we don't have a big sample size here.
0: We don't. We do have some
1: other stats
0: here. We do, though, yes.
1: (laughs) Uh, In the postseason right now, the Boston Bruins are uh, second in the league in goals scored per game, with 3.35 goals scored per game. And the St. Louis Blues are fourth with three, exactly three goals scored per game. Uh, so it's going to be, expect a lot of goals scored in this series, according to this stat. Uh, another stat we have goals allowed per game. The Boston Bruins are first in the league in postseason goals allowed per game, with 1.1%. Sorry, one point nine four goals allowed per game, and the St. Louis Blues are uh, fifth in the league right now with two point five three goals allowed per game. I'll promise you want to take it away from here, special team.
0: Yeah, and this special teams battle is going to be very, very um, what's the word I can use like very, I guess effective or very sorry very impactful. Um, the penalty kill and the power play is going to be um probably this deciding factor in this series because the stat I'm reading right now, it doesn't look good for the Blues. Boston um, power play percentage is first in the National Hockey League playoffs, 34%, unbelievable, and the St. Louis Blues are ninth in the playoffs with 19.94% in the playoffs. Uh, that's going to be a deciding factor, and it's always a deciding factor because if you can score a man up, uh, that's very good for your team, and that just tells you how much offensive power you have on that power play. And then we're going to the penalty kill. The Boston Bruins have the upper hand, again, by a lot, 86.3%, fourth best in the National Hockey Playoffs. And then the Blues are 11th in the playoffs with 78%. Um, that's, well For defensive battle uh, this series, we're going to see a lot of offense, as Flager mentioned. Um, the Blues need to be a lot better on the power play and a lot better on the penalty kill. Um, Their power play, I don't think, was great in the regular season. And to see it actually continuing in the playoffs is not good either. Uh, They need to get their power play set up going. They need to change it up. Um, Petrangelo, I think, is um, the QB on that power play in the first power play. And he needs to be better on the power play because he needs to feed the puck to his linemates. He needs to feed the puck to Vladimir Tarasenko, Jaden Schwartz. And I think they just need to redo the players that are on their power play right now. I don't like it as it's going right now, but we'll see in the final if they do end up changing that because these stats are not looking good for the Blues uh, heading into the final.
1: The one thing I don't like about the St. Louis Blues power play is there's lots of times where the Blues will... This is something that I noticed in the San Jose series um, and St. Louis Blues. Mm -hmm. um, The Blues power play, they'll move the puck around. Very well, uh, in the offensive end, but instead of trying to spread the puck around and, and try to find a guy back door wide open with an open net, they kind of they'll set up Petrangelo for like a big clapper from from the point or from like the top of the circle because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they uh, they play on um, like an umbrella power play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's the one thing that I is like they don't they'll move the puck around well, but then when it's time to get a shot on net, they try to set Petrangelo up or. Another uh, big defenseman, um, in, uh Pare—I'm pretty sure Pareko plays on their yeah, plays, number yeah, one yeah, power play times, unit so too. Yeah. Um, but they look for that big, hefty shot from a defenseman instead of trying to find a forward down low, uh, back door or something like that yeah. for an easy shot in the net. That's one thing that I noticed about their power play. Maybe that's why uh, their power play hasn't been as effective. Yeah. In mm-hmm. the playoffs right now, but that's just one of my takes on
0: on their. And own. like. What you mentioned, like, it's obvious, like, teams are obviously going to notice that they're going to be setting up Petrangelo for a one-timer. I think their main focus should be setting up Teresanko for a nice shot. Uh, He plays the Matthews' position uh, on the power play. I think they need to really, really get him the puck on the power play because his shot is one of the best. Uh, Maybe he's not getting the most goals he can right now in the playoffs. But if you set him up on a clean shot, it's going in every time on Tukarask. So hopefully they do that, and hopefully they focus on those two categories in the power play and the penalty kill because they both need to be better.
1: I would consider, if I'm the St. Louis Blues, I would consider um, running their power play similar to the Washington Capitals. Uh, You put Tarasenko on the wing, top of the circle, just like the Washington Capitals do with Ovi, and try to get him an open look at the net Mm -hmm. with his big shot, right? Yeah, yeah, like, I, I just, I'm not a fan of... Setting up setting up Alex Petrangelo for a big shot every single time on power play. I'm not a fan of that. I know obviously they don't do it every single time, but that's just one thing that I noticed that they like to do on the power play is use his big shot. One you could use Tarasenko closer than net, give him an open look, back door or something like that. You know
0: what I mean? Yeah, you're not wrong, and they need to change it up. So hopefully they do. Um, postseason home records for each team. Boston Bruins are six and three the st. Louis Blues are five and five and their postseason road record the Bruins are six and two and the st. Louis Blues are seven and two um, that record for st. Louis also has to do with the fact that they I think they've won every game in Winnipeg <laughs> in the first round so that really has to do with the record seven and two and the Bruins just are really good at uh, a really good away from home they're awesome at home because their crowd Uh, is very very loud and we we've seen that a lot because the Maple Leafs have been in that arena a lot and in three series versus the Boston Bruins so we would know best Um, the Bruins are also very underratedly good away from home they can win away away and at home so um, it has to continue in the playoffs in the Stanley Cup final and hopefully we see that happening another thing about the Stanley
1: Cup final is there are a lot of good storylines Um, I'll start off by saying that Pat Maroon signed for his hometown team to be closer to his son, as well as having the best chance to win the Stanley Cup. Now, of course, he is in the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, Patrick Maroon scored an overtime Game 7 winner in Round 2 versus the Dallas Stars in front of his hometown crowd and uh, the St. Louis Blues hometown crowd. Um, So that was a big moment for him. Another storyline in this series is the, the goalie situation for the Blues. Going into this season, the regular season, the Blues started with Jake Allen and Chad Johnson as their goalie tandem, and Johnson was eventually put on waivers and claimed by the Anaheim Ducks, which led to the the call up of the prodigy Jordan Bennington, who has basically led the St. Louis Blues to a Stanley Cup final.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I,
1: yeah. Jordan Bennington, I picked when I saw the St. Louis Blues call him up. And I'm pretty sure he ended up getting a shutout in his first game in the regular season with the Blues. I picked him up that night right after that game, I remember. And he was a stud for me in fantasy hockey ever since. So thank you, Jordan Binnington. Yeah. Uh, Thomas, you want, you want to take it away from me?
0: Um, I just want to say one more thing about Jordan Binnington. Um, he actually played for the Bruins affiliate team last year, the Providence Bruins. Um. That has to do with the fact that the Vegas Golden Knights were in, introduced to the National Hockey League, and they shared their AHL team with the Saint Louis Blues. Uh, the Blues were nice enough to do that, that leading to Jordan Bennington uh, going to the Providence Bruins of the National or the AHL. Um, that's pretty crazy because some of the Bruins players that are on the roster right now are playing in the National Hockey or played with Jordan Bennington and the AHL for Providence, and this guy's been bounced around, man. Like. He's been everywhere, you name it, like he's been, I think he's been in the ESHL, the AHL, I uh, played for the World Juniors for Canada, played in the OHL for the Owen Sound Attack, and now he's in the National Hockey League, and now he's in the Stanley Cup Finals for a chance to win the Cup, um, and I also have to ask you a question, Flager, <laughs> is he one of the most n- not nervous players in the National Hockey League, like he never gets nervous, like is he one of the you're most? You're right.
1: No, you are right. Like, there were times in the San Jose – or no, I don't remember what round it was. There was one game I remember watching where he let in, like, a, a few shaky goals, and he just bounced back like it was nothing. Like, you're right. Like, he is super calm. Uh, Yeah, like, he is probably one of the calmest goalies I've ever seen play hockey before.
0: And I think I, I think it was an interview during the season – at the tail end of the season, um, interview asked, uh, a reporter asked him, "So, like, are you nervous?" And then he responded with, "Do I look nervous?" And then, like, he just like plain faced the whole interview. Like, he didn't smile. He didn't. He didn't even look mad. Like, he just plain faced the whole interview, not looking nervous at all. Jordan Bennington. Um, he reminds me. His calmness reminds me a lot about Carey Price how Carey Price plays in that. Uh, with a cool demeanor. Um, doesn't get frustrated when he lets along to goals. Uh, Jordan Pennington's looking to do that. I think he's almost 20. I think he's 26 or 25 years old. He's twenty. Um, yeah, 25 years old. He's 93. Yeah. He's a good
1: Richmond Hill boy too, eh, Thomas? Yeah, he's from the too. GTA. Yeah. Good Canadian boy.
0: Like Don, Don Cherry. Cherry would love him, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so hopefully he can get the Cup. That would be an amazing story. Uh, didn't even play the full season with the Blues, and now he has the chance to win the Stanley Cup.
1: Oh, no, that's I mean, definitely a good storyline there. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Bennington. Um another interesting storyline. The, the St. St. Louis the Blues line, were yeah. in last place on January third, and now they're in the Stanley Cup finals against the, the Boston Bruins.
0: That's I I, Amazing. Say I, think, like, I, <laughs> I think we mentioned that every podcast episode. Like
1: We have. Yeah, every single
0: podcast I think that we've talked about the St. Louis Blues, we
1: have definitely mentioned that.
0: That still shocks me. It's crazy. Like, they hopped over how many teams? And, like, it's not even the fact that they hopped over teams and made the playoffs. They're in the finals. Like, they're they're battling for the cup. And they were in last place on January 3rd. Last place. And to think you, that they could, like, what are you going to say? Yeah.
1: No, I was just going to say, a little bit off topic, but do you know the story behind uh, the Gloria theme song? Their, their, I, I uh, do. Goals?
0: I do. Do you want me to say it or no?
1: Yeah, yeah, if you want to, I could i know it does well but i know oh, yeah. that no, um, you
0: can say it go say it yeah, you say it
1: i'm pretty sure it was around this time in january uh january 3rd when the st louis blues were they were basically not in a playoff spot for sure but they were mm-hmm. uh like pretty close to last place and i'm i'm positive that they ended up getting a shutout out one night in philadelphia and they ended up like all the st louis blues players ended up going out to a bar one night and uh that night there was one guy at the bar who kept requesting to play this one song, Gloria. Yeah. And he mm-hmm. kept going to the, the DJ, like play Gloria, play Gloria, play Gloria. And it became like an inside joke between the blues players that
0: um like went to the bar.
1: Yeah. It kinda became like their their dressing room song that they would play. And eventually it became their goal song. And now now it's their theme song basically. And basically, yeah. That's well, it is. It is their theme song or goal yeah. song now. Uh so it's kinda kinda cool. And ever since that that shutout, though, that's when they really turned things around and became one of the top teams in the NHL. Now they're in the Stanley Cup final. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, some storylines from the Bruins' perspective. Um, this is one that I like searched up and it was really crazy. Uh, the Bruins' defensive core this whole season were injured in separate times of the year, and not one defenseman on their NHL roster has played a full 280 games, 82 games this season. Uh, their most played games by defenseman, I think, was Tory Krug at, well, I'm going to say around 60 games, I think, 60-something. Or no, sorry, it was Brandon Carlo at 72 games uh, this season, which is still 10 off from 82. And all their defensemen, as I said earlier, were injured at separate times of the year with key injuries. Like, Tory Krug missed the first, I think, two months of the season with an injury. Zdeno Chara, obviously old age, uh, he missed some time with injury, and he actually missed Game 4 with injury uh, versus Carolina. Charlie McAvoy dealt with, I think, a knee injury or something like that. He was he played 54 games this season, and Kevin Miller's been out since, honestly, I think December, and he's a big part of their team. I remember he grinded the Leafs last year in that seven-game series. Uh, they miss him a lot, but they're in the final. They did it without him, so good for the Boston Bruins. And John Moore has been injured a lot, so like like they they've been injured a whole lot this season, and that's very good for the Bruins because they battled through the injury bug, and are obviously in the final now to compete for the Stanley Cup. And then another storyline on the Bruins side: uh, the Bruins also went on an 18-game point streak or game, yeah, 18-game point streak this year, uh, which tied the second longest in their team's history. Um, That's unbelievable as well. Uh, They went on a winning streak. I think it was through December and. January, something like that. I don't know, something like that, that's still pretty crazy. 18 games in a row, they recorded a point. Uh, it was definitely, it was definitely, it was lost um, with the loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins 4 um, 2. So that's um, another storyline that is mentioned for the Boston Bruins heading into the Stanley Cup final. And another one for the Boston Bruins, their backbone, uh, Tuka Rask, played the 23rd most games this year. Among goalies with 46. And just to put this into perspective, um, Tukarask, with the 46 games played as a starting goalie this year, um, To Devin Dubnik, the leader in this category, had 67. So Tukarask had 46. Dubnik had 67 games played. Um, this had to do with the fact that he got injured mostly, I think. Um, he got plenty of rest with this. And it's shown that it's really, really paid off. So uh, the Boston Bruins are definitely thankful. Not thankful they got injured, obviously. Like You never want an injury. But they're definitely thankful that they got his rest and was well-prepared heading into the Stanley Cup playoffs because look at him now. Um, he's a Conn Smythe Award nominee, probably, for the Bruins. And he probably could get them another cup, uh, their second cup since 2011 so hopefully Tuka Rask can deliver in the final, and hopefully he can play up to par as he's been playing through the whole Stanley Cup playoffs.
1: It also looked like Tuka Rask got hurt. Um, I think it was in December, January this season, Um, and when he was hurt, he came back for a few games, and he he didn't look very good. Uh, I'm pretty sure he ended up going 0-2 in his first two games back, and Tuka Rask won... I mean, sorry, uh, Yaroslav Halak when Tuka Rask was hurt, was playing unreal for the, the Boston Bruins. And when Rask came back and he had a shaky, shaky comeback, um, it looked like Halak was going to take over the number one starting mm. position in net for the Boston Bruins. I would know that because I had uh, Yaroslav Halak in yeah. uh, in yeah. fantasy. Um, and he, he did really well for me in fantasy. Anyways, um, it looked like Halak was going to take that number one... Um, Starting spot and mm-hmm. net for the the Boston Bruins and Rask obviously he's obviously their go-to guy right now but yeah. he also kind of had to make a little bit of a comeback in the regular season to, oh, to sure, gain yeah. his uh, to regain his starting position mm-hmm. as their number one goalie. So.
0: No, you're you're definitely right on that point. And Tuukka um he's faced a lot in his career. Um, he's actually had like the same goalie mask for the, his whole career. So hopefully he can change it up after really? the... Really, yeah, he's actually. Had that's the...
1: not goalies usually change that like every like few months. That's, he's had the that's same
0: up. the same gold mask with the Bruin at the, the claw and the number forty on his masks. Um, uh, hopefully like maybe they maybe if they win he could change that up a bit because like I mean it would be his first cup as a starting goaltender for the Boston Bruins so maybe he could change it up and but it's definitely bringing him good luck because playing unbelievable, as I just mentioned. And yeah, yeah, he definitely had a comeback for that starting job uh, against uh, Jarl Lak during the season. Whatever happened to Tim Thomas? Uh, I think he just fell off the face of the earth, if I want to say that. <laughs> uh, old age. Uh, I know he had, Wally.
1: he had like, I think he had like back problems or something. But like, <laughs> after the Bruins won the cup with him,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's been yeah. he kind of just like, yeah, like fell off the face of the earth, like you said.
0: Been to Garask ever since, and he's and it's paid off, yeah, exactly. And Andrew Raycroft's looking good. Uh, I think he's where I think he oh, oh, he's in his mom's basement. Sorry, yeah, we're just getting word that he's from his mom's basement. So to Garask off to the final, uh, Andrew Raycroft in his mom's basement. So hopefully, the Leafs are looking at that and uh, looking at that as a win. So we'll get to the bout of the buds where I was really good in round three. Um, do you want to mention what happened in round three with us in the Battle of the Butts?
1: Uh, so, Thomas ended up tying it up, basically. Uh, he went 2-0. He had St. Louis winning against San Jose Sharks and Boston beating Carolina. And then I went 1-1 in round three. I had San Jose over St. Louis and Boston over Carolina. I mean, the Boston over Carolina series was kind of a given, so was expected. But good for you, TV, going 2-0 in round three. Now we are currently, I am currently 16-4, and four and you are 15, or sorry, we're both,
0: hold up, I didn't update this, my bad. I think we're tied though. We're, yeah, we are tied. I think we're tied, or I'm down by one. Four, five, you have five. Yeah, we're we're just tied, totaling this score up. Um... We both have yeah but we're five I'm...
1: and nine in the playoffs first se- predicting series so we're tied so that means that Wait. we have to take opposite teams in the Stanley Cup final mm-hmm. to to decide this basically
0: yeah so oh, do you want to take you wanna... your team first I know who you chose but
1: yes yeah, so I'll I'll start us off I'm gonna go with the St Louis Blues because I I've always hated the Boston Bruins. Um, they're a great team. Don't get me wrong But I also I'm a fan of the San Louis blues in this final because they have a lot of good storylines um, and Yeah, I'm just gonna go with the blues. I think I think they're also they're hot right now as well They're coming into this Stanley Cup play, or Stanley Cup final very hot um, They looked amazing in the last three games against the San Jose Sharks in that series
0: mm-hmm. uh, So I'm gonna go with the St. Louis blues yeah, and just for tiebreaker's sake, I'm going to take the Boston Bruins. Um, but, but that doesn't mean I'm just going to take it for the tiebreaker's sake. Uh, the Bruins are really good, and um, you can't underestimate them at all because that one line they have, Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, and David Pasternak. Uh, we mentioned that last um, episode, and we also made a soundbite for it. Um, the perfection line they're called, are they really perfect? They're very, very close to it, and they really have to be honestly perfect this series to win the cup for the Bruins. Um, yes, as I said, can't underestimate them because they're always going to um, score. And if, they, if, if the Blues' defense doesn't doesn't play defense right, the Bruins are going to walk all over them with especially that one line. And another underrated fact about the Bruins is their defense. Um, they play a collective game. Uh, they play all together. They play very, very good defensively sound. Uh, Zidane has to do a lot with that. Yes, he may be slow. Yes, he may be old. Um, but he's the captain of that team. He gets the guys together when they go out uh, for every period. Um, he has that long stick, which is just, like, it's it's another player for itself. He just swings it around, gets the puck off your opponent every time. Um, but, yeah, like I said, not for tiebreaker's sake, I'm taking the Bruins. But the Bruins are very, very good. have a hot goalie. They have a hot line. They have hot defense. Um, I don't know, like, I would want the St. Louis Blues to win, just because you mentioned the storylines about their team, but the Bruins are also very good. Um, Do we want to mention the games played that they might go to?
1: I'm going to say seven. I think we're going to see this series going to seven.
0: I'm going to... Because
1: I I think both these teams are going to... Yeah. They're not going to back down at all. I could see it being a long, hard-fought series. I'm going to say seven
0: games. I want to see seven so bad because we haven't seen in a long time. I'd like to say six or seven games. I don't think this is going to be a sweep, and if it is, like that's just like, why, like. Why? I mean, it
1: was in the seven in nineteen seventy. Remember when the Bruins? It, it was. I mean, yeah. I don't remember it because I wasn't born. <laughs> I wasn't even a thought. No. Um, I'm pretty sure my parents were. Well, my dad would have just been like a baby still. Um, but yeah. It was a sweep last time they met. This time the Cup final.
0: I just hope it isn't again. Just by the fact that we haven't had a game seven or a long series. Um, last year, Washington versus Vegas. It was five games. Um, Washington took over game two, three, four, and five. Wasn't that interesting? I would like to see an interesting battle, and I think it's going to be an interesting battle because of the stuff we mentioned, the storylines, the defense, uh, Sch- Schwartz versus Rask, um, the amount of. The amount of injuries the Bruins have overcome, the amount of things that the Saint Louis Blues have overcome, I think we're in for a good Stanley Cup Finals here, and I think we're good for in for a good Game Seven in this series. So I'm gonna also say seven two because I want it and I think it's gonna happen.
1: I think that's all we got for today, Thomas. Yeah. That's, uh, this was a longer episode. We we just hit an hour, Yeah, it was or needed, close though. to an hour. Um, you want to wrap things up quickly.
0: Yeah, but we always do the last word, so we'll mention that. Um double IHF World Hockey Championship still on. Uh Team Russia actually got no- knocked out by Team Finland Finland, one night I wanted to
1: sorry, I wanted to mention back in December oh, okay. I uh when the world juniors are going oh, okay. I, <laughs> this one. <laughs> I wanted to, it's kind of a funny story. I was looking to bet on Russia and the US to when the world juniors this year. So I went on Bodog, whatever, and I placed my bets on Russia and USA, not realizing that I bet on them for the World Championship. So I had future bets Ooh. for the World Championship on Russia and USA, and I was pumped when I found this out, because USA and Russia were playing each other in, the I think it was the quarterfinals this yeah, week. You're right. Yeah, you um, right, Russia ended up beating USA, went on to play Finland, and I found out this morning that Russia lost, and... <laughs> My future bets are are lost it's kind (laughs) of shitty because the odds were great too i had i'm pretty sure i had rush at like plus 1200 and usa was like plus 1100 um so i would have been making money
0: yeah it didn't really work out yeah no it
1: didn't work out but (laughs) i've just i was so shocked when i found i was like why why are my future bets not (laughs) <laughs> like why are they still open? And then I realized that they were for the world championship and not the world juniors. So.
0: But like yeah, taking Russia, story. it wasn't stupid because their lineup was stacked. Um, no,
1: as so as USA's, they had a great had that too. Uh, national. Like all their players were from the national hockey league. Uh, so yeah, they weren't done bets at all. But I was just surprised when I saw them this or yeah. last week they were still <laughs> open bets, and that and then I realized they're on the world championship, not uh World juniors
0: yeah that was uh, that was funny um but yeah going back to the last words yep double hf champion world championship uh, gold medal game and bronze medal game are tomorrow uh finland will be going to the gold medal game versus either canada or czech republic and the russians will be going to the bronze medal game obviously versus canada or czech or, uh, the loser of canada or czech republic um do you want to mention the stuff about the breakdown we have more yeah we content. also
1: we're not only following the well, the Stanley Cup final and the world championship for hockey. We're also following the WNBA is um, Mm -hmm. one of, one of our favorite leagues to follow uh, between the breakdown team. Uh, We have a bunch of DFS advice, free DFS advice and uh, gambling advice for the WNBA on our Twitter. I don't think we have any articles uh, out on it yet, Um, but definitely follow us on Twitter if you're into that. and, yeah, follow us on Twitter at TheBreakdownSports and Instagram at TheBreakdownSports. And check out our website, TheBreakdown.com. It's about the, ncom
0: Yeah, and the Stanley Cup Finals start on Monday night at 8 o'clock in Boston. So uh, we have an article about that. Uh, Joseph Caruso wrote that article. Uh, so go check that out before the final, uh, the game one starts. Uh, the Bruins have a lot of rest. Uh, maybe they don't win game one. Maybe they do because of the rest, but we'll see. Um, for us, that's it for episode number 14 of the N10 Puck Talk podcast. As always, I'm Thomas Vestio. Alongside me is Andrew Flager, and we will chat with you guys next week.